fell out of bed and I stumbled to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets and traffic starts talking to folks like me On the job from nine to five Hello and welcome to 9 to 5 Sports, a uh, podcast with four lifelong friends talking about a lot of bit of sports. Uh, Jarrett is allowing me to take the reins of this week's show, especially since it's uh, mostly baseball themed. It's a big time for the All-Star break, but before we get to the All-Star break, we'll talk about a big firing in the major leagues. We've got uh, Mike Matheny being fired. I'm sorry. Mike Matheny being fired from the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, a little background. The Cardinals are a game over 500, but they are fourth in their division. Uh, so it could be baseball related. However, it does not help the fact that in the news this week, they had a story about Bud Norris being relentless to the rookie Jordan Hicks, who is this all-star, clo- all-star type closer once he gets to... Uh, uh, figure out his stuff. He throws over 100 consistently. I mean, you know, we talk about Aralda throwing 100 consistently, but Hicks throws about 103, 104. Uh, it's ridiculous. But he was kind of a prima donna at the beginning of the year, showed up to some late meetings, um, or showed up to meetings late, excuse me, in the spring training. And so Matheny apparently hired Bud Norris, who's also in the Cardinals bullpen, uh, to kind of take over and uh, and kind of be a little relentless on Hicks, and it has leaked to the media, and the media has blown it completely sky high, and uh, now Matheny has been fired. So, I'll let the guys talk amongst themselves on how they feel about it. Robbie, did you see it, and, uh, and uh, is this a baseball decision, or is this more on the fact that um, Norris was found to be the enforcer? Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm kind of confused, honestly, about the whole situation. I know that it look, looks bad in the media, um, but I don't think it's a fireable offense. It's just a little. It, it's really just enforcing the rules. Um, you've got the Cardinals who struggled the last couple of years, but they've always been in contention. They're a good team. This year they're worse than they have been lately. <clears throat> but if it's if they're claiming it's over baseball, I think that's BS. It's definitely a baseball town too. With oh, yeah. regards to the fans, expectations. <laughs> well, I mean, St. Louis, you've got to keep in mind, they have the second most World Series behind none other than the New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they they yeah, definitely care about, about their baseball there. But I, I don't see how it could be just strictly on baseball because he's too good of a manager. He He's earned a, at least a couple of years of being an average team the way he's managed. But didn't, how many Hold on, just coming won? from the Red Sox fan – John Farrell won a World Series. Yeah. And but he, you were wanting to but you John wanting Farrell, his head. John Farrell's a different story, okay? Remember this topic John is supposed Farrell to be about should Mike have Matheny. been fired. <laughs> but he got sick. Somehow this moved to the right oh, side. Okay? God. That's why he wasn't fired. Oh, God. We're but, really going after that. I'm not going after that point. But that is on it. That is the God's honest truth why he wasn't fired. Same thing with Chuck Pagano. But... <laughs> This is rough, Robbie. Um, we are three minutes into the podcast. And well, Rob, got a Chuck don't, bring reference. Up, don't try to defend John Farrell to me, because he is terrible. He's a, he's a red scout now. That, yeah. Nobody even gave him a look at a, a bench coach. So, 
but I don't think Mike Matheny deserved it. No, I think he's in the upper echelon of managers in the league. Jarrett, what do you think? I mean, I know this is all a little bit new to you, and uh, you're kind of just hearing about it. But uh, that's right. Well, I know in the car ride home today, we uh, or Robbie had mentioned about that this would be a topic that we would discuss. Uh, again, I, I like sticking up for coaches, in most part, and in this, in this case, a manager. I'm, I'm actually reading up a little bit about it on CBS Sports, ESPN, a couple different articles, and apparently, this is not. Um, was not a surprise to him or the organization. There's a quote in here that said that this has been in conversation for quite a while. Uh, quote, we had conversations even last season that if we didn't improve the way we went about it, uh, that this would be the inevitable result. Um, so uh, is, is, am I to understand that this St. Louis 48-46 and 46 record entering the All-Star break, so obviously they're about 500, but is this a situation where uh, I'm going to throw in a basketball reference just because I, I know that's for better. Places like, um, I don't know, Boston and L.A. where they expect to win, they, they have high expectations no matter what the roster looks like or the coach. Is this where they don't see this record improving or they see this is just going in a downhill spiral or is it something more? I, I'm just guessing from what I know that it's, it, it's probably a little more than, than baseball, but in a city like St. Louis that is based around baseball, those fans – um, they live for it there. I know when they were in the, those World Series, uh, it was amazing just to watch on TV the atmosphere at those games. Um, but from we, what you guys say, I don't. It doesn't look like everybody here is in total agreement with this. So uh, I'm going to wait and based my opinion on what uh, after what Elliot has to say and some more details on Ty about what you have on the situation. So Elliot, what are, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I don't. I don't think it can be completely about baseball because, as you said, they're above 500. It's not like he's doing a terrible job, baseball-wise. And I mean, I don't see how it can be the other way too because every team is going to have this. Every team is going to have an enforcer, a clubhouse guy mm-hmm. that kind of keeps the younger guys in line. You well, mean, apparently, it is bordered on hazing. Is what the media has blown yeah, it well, out. That's a stupid political I was going to ask what his in. relationship yeah. was with the players themselves. Who, Matheny? So well, there's, there's different levels. You have managers that have soured relationships with they, um, apparently, management yeah. or or with the players. Apparently, Matheny has zero relationship whatsoever with starting center fielder Dexter Fowler. Apparently, they don't even speak to each other, and it's just a sour relationship. But he still puts him in the lineup every day. Yeah, but it seems weird. like if it's sour relationships, sour relationships lead to firings more as if it's between coaches and management than coaches and players. Yeah, I get that. The The counter-argument, and we'll let Elliot get back to this as yeah, soon I'm as sorry, we can. I, I, no, you're, no, you're good. So I trapped you there. The, the biggest thing for me is that you know management wants to fire the head coach here, but... You know, other than the Marcelo Zuna signing, mm-hmm. what have they done to get better? What have they done to become, um, you know, more of a contender? They were somewhat of a contender last year, and they were close. But let's be honest, it was a two-team race in that division between the Cubs and the Brewers, as we're seeing again. Elliot, are they good enough with that team that they put on the field right now to be a contender in the NL Central? No, they're they're about where they should be, and that's why I don't think you can fire him based on baseball reasons. As you said, Ozuna they acquired, he hasn't lived up to expectations, so maybe they put some of that on him. I don't know, I don't think that's fair, but as you said, they they really didn't acquire anyone to help out the rotation, and 
honestly, middle infield has been a real weakness for them the last few years, and they did nothing to help there. As you said, Colton Wong underperforming. He looked promising to start, and he just he's kind of regressed. Hasn't really. Yeah, it's not even a plateau. It's a he's kind of tanked. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't understand. I mean, they've gotten good production out of Jose Martinez. They finally put him as a everyday first baseman. Mm-hmm. So Matt Carpenter's still steady, but Yachty Yachty's getting older. As you said, this they need a little youth infusion, and maybe Jordan Hicks has given them that, and maybe maybe trading Bud Norris would have been the thing to do before firing Matheny to relieve him of that yeah. stress. I don't know. Well, another thing is, you know, you talk about they need an infusion of youth, but every time they seem to get it, they just get rid of it. I mean, let's talk about Stephen Piscotty, yeah. uh, who's having a really good year in Oakland now. Um, good for Oakland, by the way. They are red hot. They've won 21 out of the last 27 ball games. That's insane for an Oakland team to do that. But yeah, well, um, the Piscotti thing, they actually – That was due to his mother. Yeah, this does speak to the class organization that the Cardinals are. His mother got really sick, and they did him a favor by trading him back to his hometown team. Yeah, and she's since, I think she's since died. And I'm, yeah, sure, so. I'm sure he really appreciated that. But, again, you know, I, I don't mean to be insensitive, but – yeah. He was promising young young talent, and they got they got rid of him. Um, name some others. They've they've had some other players. Do uh, you remember Jeremy Hazelbaker? Yes. He, I mean, he didn't end up panning out to be anything good, but as soon as he showed some talent with St. Louis, they shipped him out to uh, to Arizona. So, I mean, it's just uh, it feels like they are kind of stuck in their their ways, and they fired. Mike Matheny because he was stuck in his ways, in his old school ways. And it, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me how the management can completely put that all on, on Matheny. I agree with you 100%. So, after talking about Matheny for 10 minutes, we will move on to uh, a little bit high, a little bit better of a, a topic now. And we'll talk about um, the All-Star break as a whole, uh, but we'll start uh, with tonight's Washington Nationals victory. Which yep, I haven't been right. able to say that much this year, that's so right. I gotta gotta claim it when I can. Played uh, in style too. Yeah, Bryce Harper. Look good, play good. That's right. Bryce Harper won the home run derby tonight. He took down Kyle Schwarber in the championship round. Um, I was at work, so I didn't get to actually see the derby. Uh, I know a few of you guys got to see a couple minutes, right? Elliot, yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure you did. We kind of followed it online. Yeah, and you guys followed it online. So three minutes. So I can't really comment on much of it. I did hear that Harper won. I did hear that his dad was a terrible pitcher yet again, and he won in spite of him. So that's impressive. He threw a pitch behind him. I mean, how? You know, this is this is a big question for all of you guys. How do you tell your dad that he's not going to throw to you in a home run derby, though? You know, like he was terrible. Didn't ask him if he if he wants to see you win. Yeah, yeah, that's true. In 2012. Bryce competed in his only other home run derby where he he did it in uh, City Field in New York, right? And his dad was terrible. He hit him with a pitch. He hit him with a pitch. And yeah, for some reason, in a home run derby as a BP pitcher. And uh, somehow, Bryce invites him back out to do it again here in Washington. So, um, bad, good or bad move by Bryce Harper going with his dad once again? Elliot. Bad move. As I said, he threw a pitch behind him in a home run derby. I'm not sure that would even be seen in Robbie Comer's wiffle ball game. But 
Especially um, with this format, too. I mean, you need a strike thrower in this yeah, format. Yeah, because it's not an out thing. You can't take that many pitches. Right. It's time. you got to be rapid-fire going. And speaking of rapid-fire, Bryce Harper did this in style. Not only did he fla- he was flashy with his outfit and everything, but he homered on his last nine pitches to win. It was pretty, uh. it was pretty crazy. He, he was... He was kind of like Javi Baez. He started a little slow, then got into a groove. And once he got in that groove, he just kept it going. And it was pretty great to see. Now, Kyle Schwarber, he was he was awesome as well the whole time. I think he put up 18, and Bryce had to beat that number. And after they've already went three rounds, this that was tough to do because, I mean, they got to be getting gas. They're taking cuts in between, waiting on other guys to go just to stay in a groove. And it speaks to the stamina that these guys and the work ethic that these guys put in. Oh, I'm saying this is a great move. Grade A move right here. Because I love won, it. Right? Number one, you won the thing. So obviously, <laughs> it, it was a good decision. If it works, it works. And number two, yeah, it might, he might. Obviously, he's not the best pitcher. And he really should work on it if you can't throw strikes in a <laughs> home run derby and hitting people. But look, it, this, I, I'm a big, especially stuff like this where it's not an actual game. This is, this is out completely for the fans. It's it's an exhibition event. It's 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 for entertainment purposes solely, and and to go out there for someone like Bryce Harper, maybe to boost the ego a little bit, but to go out and put a show on, uh, this is what people come to watch, and it, it's a good moment for especially for him because now he's most likely in front of a lot of family. You know, this is in D.C. Of course, as of now, he is still a national, um, and so you know, having his dad out there pitching it obviously meant a lot to him, and. Um, you know, not only did he have had looks like he had a really good time, which is probably most important, but the, it looks like the fans definitely sucked it all in and enjoyed it. And I know that uh, me saying that, I think it would be perfect for Robbie to follow that up with the exact opposite opinion. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's a bad move. <laughs> Why have your dad, who I guess doesn't doesn't do it regularly? Why not have your guy that comes out there Maybe have practice and throws your bullpen every day? Throws your not your bullpen, your Bang BP break. every day to you. You know what's coming. You know it's going to be down the middle every time. But no, I want to bring my dad out there because it's a feel good story. And I think the whole night was fake and staged by Harper to save his butt for in this free agency club. I'm not saying no. his win was fake, but I think he put on a lot of acting. To try to save his butt. Well, what else, is he, free what else is he going to do? Go up there and well, say, I can't like, wait to get out of here. Just like the dick he is. Seat. He just he doesn't run the balls out. He just sits there and he uh, and he. I don't know. I liked him when he was the when he first came up. He was running balls out, and I'm not even about running the first, but yeah. he was trying to stretch uh, singles into doubles. Yeah, and yeah tri- singles into doubles. Into doubles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was pushing envelope, but. I don't know. I just think it seemed a little. So did, didn't you expect a pretty? I mean, not not. I guess a good effort. It's a home run derby. Did, didn't you expect him to put on a show tonight? Yeah, I'm not saying he's he's a good hitter, but I just think. Oh, well, not only that. I mean the cinematics and everything. Yeah. Obviously the hitting. You know. But I don't know. It I was expecting him to seem, come out and like. It doesn't seem like him. Give to DC me, fans so. a, like I think Todd mentioned earlier. Kind of put a good taste in their mouth right now because it's been a lot of. Kind of sour talk going on. Well, and I think he did that. The whole crowd was behind him. They were chanting Bryce, Bryce, Bryce. And going back to his dad, after he won, he went out to him and he was like, this guy, this guy. They could hear it in the mic. So he was trying to pump him up a little bit, I just too. think it was a lot to inflate the paycheck he's looking But it, it seemed a bit fabricated. As I said, it didn't seem like Bryce Harper, when he first came up, when he was all out, mm-hmm. all in. It just 
it seemed a little fake, but it was it was very entertaining. As you said, stars can put on a show, and he certainly did that tonight. All right, let's hear from the Nats fan. What's your what do you think? You know, the more and more I hear you guys talk about it, the more I think I've got to side with Jared on this one. I think it's a good move. I, he, he, I mean, I've talked somebody on the buy side of the boat. You have. You have. Right. I mean, there we go. I mean, how much better can you get than winning the thing? Uh, you can't. I mean, you can't. And, and how much better can you get winning the thing with your dad? Also, you, you can't have, you don't have to have that awkward conversation with your dad at home, like, yeah, Dad, you know. I played a lot better without you there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or if one. you lose it, then then your dad gets to sit at home and almost, you know, hound you for that. Say, oh, you know. Well, coming from, from the one who wears dad hats. Yeah, he is, oh, he is wearing dad hats. I, I wish Rob was wearing one right for now. me to pitch to him in a home run derby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cute. That's, 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 cute. that's not get emotional yeah. about little father son joke there. I love it. Um, yeah, my boys, we whipped tonight. Okay, <laughs> all right. A little more serious conversation here now. Does this break Bryce Harper out of his slump, or does it kind of do the Aaron Judge thing? Aaron Judge, if you guys remember, last year was red hot leading up to the All Star break. Then started striking out uh, a ton. His average ended up dropping. A, Quite a bit. Well, I don't know how you can strike out um, anymore. If he break, if this breaks him out of his slump and turns him around, it's the hottest story in baseball. I, but see, I hottest think they'll attribute it to other. I think it, I think they'll attribute it to other things. But it will still have people talking about it. Yeah, I mean, if I he think, breaks out of this. It becomes I think it's the a hottest story point. in baseball. I don't think there's a chance he breaks out. So you think he just goes back to? And it's not that it's just him. I think it's the team. Uh, I don't think he's going to break out on his own. If he breaks out, the whole team's going to be. You, you it's going to be a collective effort. The, the thing Even about better it is, story. Yeah. Right? yeah. If he could turn around the national season, but Davey Martinez, it's not happening. The thing about the Nationals is right now that while they suck, they're like terrible. They're, they're not, still two games yeah, out of 500. They're, they're not dead out of it. And they're only five and a half back right now. Yeah. And Davey Martinez still has his job two games every 500. <laughs> yeah, they should try yeah. to fix that mistake and bring <laughs> Dusty back. Yeah, there needs to be some fabricated story about uh, – Bullying in the locker room. So, so you're side with me. Things. This is two and two. Yeah, yeah this is two together. and two. This All is two right. and two. But I'd like to hear you guys. Do you guys think? Oh. Do you guys think that this is a, a way to break out of a slump and maybe get uh, you know some feel good in you? Or I think, yeah, I think it's a chance. I, I think. I mean, it obviously didn't hurt him. Or well, for now, if it's a mental thing, which you had talked about in previous weeks, it looks like a mental thing now for Bryce. It's not really skill. Yeah, it's there. Obviously, he's a skilled player. If this is a mental thing, I think this is a great way to break out of it. Not only do you win it in front of your home crowd, but you look like you're excited. Uh, for at least that moment, you were happy to be in D.C. Uh, the crowd had completely backed you. There was there was no sort of backlash whatsoever. I think that, you know what, I'm going yes. I think this can be positive for him. I think this can help help put his season on the uprise. I'm going absolutely yes. I think this is the perfect thing for him. It's 100% mental with him. He's too good of a hitter, too good of a player to not bust out of this. Two, what is he batting? 215? 215. I'm going to say he gets it over 250 before the end of the year. I think he goes on a tear. If he does that, it's a good year. Yeah. After the start that he's had, if he gets it back up over 250, I think it's a great year, especially if he continues to hit home runs at the pace that he's hitting. I mean, it's not the highest pace in the league, but it is. Exactly. He has the home runs. So when he is hitting it, he's hitting hard. Yeah. So I think it's more of a focused thing, and I think this is the perfect thing to kind of relieve a little stress off him and get him going. Rob? I don't see it. Uh, I think it's a locker room culture problem. I think it all stems from Davey. 
they like Davey, though. All of them. Oh, I know they him. like him, but, you know, your parents can't be your best friends either. Yeah. Somebody's got to be the leader there. That's true. No, I agree with you. I just don't. That's, that, and that, could that be his job, then? Could it be Bryce's job to be the leader? No, he's, Bryce, that's, not, he's that's not, not him. Not his no, thing. No, no, that's, that's not his type of game. I just don't. I don't. I just think the Nationals are. I don't. I just don't have much good to say. So you're basically you're basically saying not only will this not help him turn it around, you don't see it helping the team much. No, either. I. I, I just don't see. They don't have it. That's a good. That po- I speak about. That's this a good year. positive way to end that segment right there. Yeah. Completely pessimistic. Yeah. Well, well, you know how good thing. Oh, I, think I, I don't have anything to say about it because I would say I was Robbie. I just don't. I, I don't see a home run derby breaking him out of no, it. I don't believe in the. I'm more. I mean, it, I'm kind of inclined to, you know, take yeah. your. I mean, you know more about it than me. I'm. I've, I guess I'm just going with what I'm seeing here. No, I mean it's it's not a bad thing to say. More that, an optimistic view on this. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that that think that way. That you know, it's. Like you, you and Elliot both just said, it's a confidence thing, and, and I totally agree with you. It's nothing. I don't think it's wholeheartedly mechanic, like a mechanical mm-hmm. issue. I, I don't. I don't think that. I think you know that it's a lot of it has to do with attitude. A lot of it has to do with uh, you know just the overall mindset that he takes into the box. Um, I heard him in an interview today saying something about I want to just help my team win and. If I can hit the ball over the wall, then I can do that. The thing about Bryce is he's such a good player, and he's so strong, he's so fast. He can help us in more ways than just hitting home runs, and I hope he knows that. I don't, I don't understand, you know, what the deal is with that. Uh, another thing that we haven't talked about this uh, this entire spring for the Nats is the hiring of Kevin Long as the hitting coach. He did a good job in New York. He did. But, but it's not, not been good no, at all. No, it we, hasn't translated. I can't remember the numbers, but I was listening to the Pirates broadcast the other night when we got shut out. <clears throat> Pirates shut us out. James is sitting here with me. He's loving that. But uh, the Pirates shut us out, and we've already been shut out two more times than we were all of last year. So kind of something yeah, to talk about I, there, too. Yeah, I just don't, I don't know about it. Moving on, we'll talk about some NBA free agency, some uh, – I guess minor signings and, well, one that Jarrett might Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Good week in basketball, guys. Jarrett might think it's a big signing. Uh, First, we'll talk about Isaiah Thomas going to Denver. Uh, Big move, not big move, dumb move. What what, what do we got here? I mean, Isaiah has risen up through the ranks after being drafted, what, last, right? Yep. In his respective class, he uh, rose up through the ranks uh, with the Sacramento Kings, and now he's bounced back and he's uh, he, he became the max contract kind of player in Boston. Uh, then he was traded from Boston to uh, Cleveland for Kyrie, and then his uh, season kind of derailed, but uh, I think that has a lot to do with his hip. Yeah. Now he's got to reprove himself. So, one... Good move, bad move, dumb move, smart move to Elliot. Oh, and also after you answer that, does he bounce back? Dumb move because he, the team—it's a bad fit. They've already got Jamal Murray there, young budding, not a star, but a, a solid young player. Um, honestly, he's probably better than Isaiah Thomas, so Thomas is probably going to come off the bench, which. To answer the second part of your question, it probably will help him 
get back to what he was because he'll be able to run the second unit with the Nuggets losing Wilson Chandler and free agent. Or I don't think it was free agency. I think they traded him to the Sixers. It was basically a salary dump. I think Will Barton will start now, who was their sixth man. So Isaiah Thomas is going to get all the shots he wants in that second unit. So, his, yes, his numbers are going to be better, but he's such a terrible defender that I think people are going to realize that He's not going to get that big payday that he's looking for. Yeah, you can kind of ISO on him, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you can embarrass him. Yep. Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to go interesting move. I'm, I'm going to kind of bank off what Elliot says. I, I think that Isaiah Thomas, you saw the absolute max ability, of course, last uh, last season with Boston. Um, when he was a legitimate MVP candidate, I think, towards the end of the season. Um, but... I don't. This that's not a, a, what he is as a consistent player. That's not what you're going to see each and every year. I, I like to compare that to someone like Cam Newton, the other year who absolutely set the world on fire. Uh, I did. I do believe won the MVP, but that's not exactly who Cam is. That's not who you're going to see every year, every week. Isaiah Thomas, what you're going to see on a good, consistent basis, I think, is a good, solid six player that can come in and score and bring energy to the table. He's not what I consider a good starting uh, point guard to build a team around because of what Elliot said. Just his physical uh, nature doesn't allow him to be a great defender. You know, he can take chances on steals, but honestly, other than that, he, he is a detriment to the team. And then his health is also an issue, and for a small guard, that can be, again, that can be a big deal uh, dealing with the size that we're seeing in the NBA, especially at the guard position now. You're seeing so much more size, and it's becoming or it's trying to work towards being a more physical game, barring refereeing. Um, but I, I, I think that this is an interesting move for the Nuggets. For I'm not going to repeat for the strategic moves that Elliot said, but I think this does give him a chance where the pressure's not on him. He's not in L.A. or Boston where the spotlight is big. He's in Denver. He's in the West, and he's – He's going to play uh, behind a pretty good point guard in, in Murray, and I think he's going to come in and do what they ask him to do, score some points, get his confidence up. And, no, he might not score that max deal, but he'll get a, he'll get a deal with someone. And I hope that, that someone is a, I say, contending team with the Warriors being here, that they're basically in a league of their own. But I hope he gets a chance next year um, to be with a contending team, a team that he likes, to come in and just score off the bench because that, that's what he is. Rob? So you're So you're saying, just to be clear, that – Yes, he will turn it around, but he will never get back to uh, the MVP caliber season that he had in Boston. That's, two, that's, two, 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 what, uh, seasons ago. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I, I just I don't see it. Trust me, I, I, would love to, I would love to see it. I always root, most of the time I just root for players to do that. But, no, I, I don't think you're going to see that from Isaiah Thomas again. I think NBA executives know that too. Rob? Uh, we're just kind of, eh. Uh, Isaiah, I didn't know this. I just found out that he signed for the veteran minimum. Yeah. Two years after saying, claiming that the, he's at the back up the Brinks truck. That was self-proclaimed. So <laughs> remember that was after that was an fall, MVP. That was after an MVP that caliber was a season. Major though. fall from grace on his part, and it now was. he's trying to blame the Celtics for his hip injury. He's blaming their doctors and for misleading him supposedly, but. That's besides a little the bit of Kawhi Leonard in there. Yeah, yeah. But I think he could. I don't like the move on the Nuggets part, just solely because you have Murray. But I guess you're taking a. It's not a high risk, but at right. the minimum, um, he could. He. I think he's got the potential to be a starter again in the league. I don't know about 
not what he was, not what he was, but a starter mm-hmm. for somebody next year maybe. I'd like to see him come back. I always liked him. But would we compare this to DeMarcus Cousins? No. No, no, no this isn't the this isn't the same at all, he, I don't think. He hurt it's a different kind of injury. He hurt the hip twice in one year and the hip's bad to come back from. I don't know if they've ever I don't and know the, if there's anybody the Achilles could, is really bad. And I don't we know what I don't know if there's anybody comparable that we can think of who's had this injury to come back from in basketball. Yeah. So I think he can come back and be a star. And you mentioned you really liked him. They actually played against the Bulls while while this story was happening, but when in the playoffs you know, his sister tragically passed away. Yeah. And he came back and played really well. I, I even rooted for him and cheered mm-hmm. for him. Well, they said at that point he was year. really pretty much on one leg. Yeah. That was what they're saying now. But Tom? I'm, uh, I just don't think he's ever going to be any good anymore. I, I really – I, I mean, I don't – like, him. I'm with you guys on the whole not a big risk thing. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, Jamal Murray is about the only guy that you hear from out of Denver anymore. I mean – we talk about, you know, Kenneth Fareed had that Jokic, year or right? two. Jokic is good. Well, Jokic, Jokic is, yeah, he's, yeah, you're right. He's just not a big name. He's just not a huge no name. No, it's and, and Denver. And it's well, he's Denver. a nugget. Right. Yeah. The so, last time we talked I about this an actual is, nugget was probably AI and Carmelo. Yeah. I think this is where Isaiah Thomas's career goes to die. I, I think, Unfortunately, that's a sad reality that happens to people, though. I, yeah, exactly. I think, you know, Denver, not the biggest uh, media market, mm-hmm. and he's going to go there – be on the bench. He's going to score. I th- I really don't think he's going to score much. I honestly think it'll be like seven, eight points a game. Oh wow, that's a, yeah. That is I think it'll be a die, huge man. drop off, and I think we're not going to hear from him again. That's and sad because be, he's still young. Oh yeah, but I just think he's going to end up being, you know, the flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. The he could one year for Boston disappear like Nate Robinson did. Yeah. Um, but Nate still like appeared around the league. Yeah, was still yeah. solid playing. year with the Bulls. Yeah, and was Gotta playing that some, in there. Was playing for some contenders too. He's, he's gone to Denver, where I mean, let's face it, in the West they've got. Sorry, I don't. Honestly, in my opinion, I don't think they've got a shot. No, um, no. but who Denver to even contend? No, no, no not right no. now. Like not they, even to get. They may make the playoffs, but. You think? That's, that's what I'm saying. They, I, yeah. they were close I, last year. We all know that they don't. Well, you know the Lakers going to be in this year. So that knocks another team out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know, but I still think they got a shot to make the playoffs. Playoff. They didn't yeah, make the sure playoffs this year. Uh, Nuggets, Nuggets didn't make the playoffs. No, they were like one of the first yeah. out. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were either yeah. the nine or. 10 well, I could the Spurs. They could take the Spurs spot. Spurs made it this year. I think the Spurs will be in it. Because I, I still think I'm with Rob. Well, I think Kawhi's there. I think Kawhi ends up. Yeah, he's. I think he, Kawhi. I don't think he's leaving now. Okay. Well, if he's there, yeah, they make yeah. the playoffs. All right. An interesting move here. Daryl Morey was offered. To become the new general manager yeah. uh, of the that. 76ers away from Houston. Yeah, I uh, just saw that article today, actually. I mentioned that to Rob on the way home as well. I, look, the Sixers, they are for real, okay? we And I, I was one of them that completely was against what they've been doing the last. Remember the process. The Well, the process has taken six years. The last time they made the last time they made the playoffs that I remember was when they played and defeated Chicago in that first round when Rose got hurt, and since then we they've been literally the laughing stock of the league, and so now we're talking about Rose. Hey, I mentioned I mentioned Rose in a negative way that time. 
I don't think I don't think he has a positive. Other than his little MVP, little flash in the pan. Well, but Maury, that's a positive. I'm not. You know that fool's gold you can buy at the cabinet. Yeah, yeah. Maury, the the Sixers apparently made a legitimate run at LeBron, knowing that he was probably going to go to LA. And now they're making. They really want to get better, and they really, especially now that LeBron's in the West, they're going to do everything they can to try to be the new Eastern powerhouse. And they know that Boston's coming, and so trying to go get a GM that obviously is trying to win now, who's done a lot, made a lot of moves with the Rockets, um, and of course the the recent um, flaws from the ex GM of the Sixers. They want someone else in there that's going to make some moves. Uh, and is and is a pretty big name that can try to draw some more free agents there and can make some trades happen. I I absolutely love the fact that they tried to go get him. Uh, now, from what I saw, Ty, unless you read different, I don't. I think he's already shut that down. He's happy in Houston. His goal is to beat the Warriors, but I think it was a good deal there to try to try to pull him away. How awkward do you think that was? Like, yeah, we want to talk trades. All right, let's talk them. Uh, yeah, we want you. <laughs> well, I don't think it was awkward. I think he's definitely. I think there's probably obviously more teams that has thrown some money. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Be our GM. I think he respectfully declined. Yeah. But I, I like the move from Philly, and honestly, I, I like the competitive nature of Moore to stay in Houston. Yeah, I he's think, got a goal right think, now to try to. Yeah, take that's down the best the chance. That's the best chance. I love that, that fire is. from him as a GM. When he's come out and said that you know the number one goal right now is to. Take down goals. Yeah, he said there. He, people were saying, "Oh, well, he's obsessed with beating the Warriors." Isn't that your job? Yeah, shouldn't you be obsessed with taking down the Kingpin? I, I love it. I love it on both ends. Yeah, Elliot, you guys. Uh, I'm going to go at this with another question. So, do we know if this was offered before LeBron signed or after, or do we have a timeline on this? I I just saw the article today. I really don't know when the. Actual, if there was actually an offer pitch, or if it was just kind of like dialogue, like, yeah. "Hey, we'd like you to come work for us." I'm not really sure. Yeah. I, I like the idea of it, and I like the and I like that Maury wants to stay in Houston to try to create a team to beat the Warriors. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I just thought maybe Philly was was thinking, "Hey, if we get oh, LeBron, to try to get him to get, get LeBron, LeBron there." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that thought, that actually is pretty I interesting. My outlook's totally different. Is that I think the league ought to hit him with a tampering charge. The Sixers? Yep, he's under contract. And I'm pretty sure, I know in the NFL you cannot talk to coaches under contract without you permission. Think it's any of different the team. for management? Yeah, I was going to say, I thought you had to get permission. Yeah, you have to have permission team. of oh. the team. Well, you know, the Rockets' wouldn't owner have, wouldn't give permission. Yeah, they wouldn't have given permission. Yeah. That's why this story could get bigger. Not with the thing they have yeah. going next. This true. story could get much bigger. Because the, the Lakers got hit with a tamper charge. Well, it was a player, but they got hit hard. Yeah, that, magic. they hit magic with it. Yeah. You wouldn't think they'd do it, but they did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, but I I don't. I like Maury. I, would, I wouldn't leave the success I've built in Houston no. to go to Philly, mm-hmm. who's unsure, and you've got to deal with the Celtics. And Danny oh, I think, it's a good of, situ- I think it's as good as a situation as you can go yeah, into. Yeah, why would you go to Philly where you're going to be competing with Danny Ainge, who seems to rob people blind? And no, I mean, I think Phil- I think it would be a good job in Philly. Well, yeah, it would, but I, I would stay where I yeah. built what I've... I want to see what the end of my yeah. puzzle that I've put together. Mm-hmm. But I just think he would have... I don't know. You know what you've got in the Warriors. The Celtics are really going to be tough for the Sixers to handle. The whole future, right. Just because of the Sixers' youth and the Celtics, you got Gordon coming back. They've got a good, solid core there. That could develop into a pretty good rivalry. 
Yeah, Philly and Boston. My, my only concern with Philly is Embiid's health. Like he, yeah, he did last year, but you never know. Well, but he sets out a lot of games yeah. and plays limited minutes still. He so. may be one of those players that never does play that eighty-two games. He could be a sixty yeah. to sixty-five. That would game be my only concern because if he's not going to be the, if he's not going to play sixty-five to seventy games for you a year. That team's not going to be as good as we think it can be. Yeah, that's true. Which I just think it's kind of crap that Clay. Because Simmons without Embiid is not what Simmons was this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ty, you've been looking. Have you found anything new on this? Everything that I see is that all these tweets from these experts have just recently mm-hmm. um, happened. And when I say recent, I'm saying like today, like just this past day, July 16th, mm-hmm. that they've come up. So. Um, and you know how insiders are. They usually come out with a, you know, the scoop pretty pretty soon after yeah. it happened. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess and say that this happened uh, after they uh, signed LeBron okay. to L.A. But I did read the interesting part about all of this is that um, the 76ers were actually looking to fill the vacancy left by Sam Hinkie, right? Mm-hmm. The one that got in trouble, right? Right. With, uh, well, Colangelo. Oh, Colangelo. Colangelo's the yeah. one that got in trouble. Yeah. Right. But Hinkie, Sam Hinkie Hinkie's was... the one that started the process. Oh, right. Okay. And Hinky's mentor, does anybody know who that was? Daryl Morey. Oh. So they were trying to kind of reel in um, yeah. the, the, the the mentor well, of the great, Hinkie. The because they're, they're happy with what you know, Hinky did. Mm-hmm. Which that's another yeah. topic, as I thought was kind of crap that Colangelo got fired in the first place because that was something his wife did yeah that's another topic for another day yeah so So. next topic we're moving on we gotta be getting close we're running out of meaningful free agents here we're talking about Jabari Parker yes I'll start out if you want Go ahead. Take take, take the, the lead. lead. Jesus, right. take the lead. I'm going to go for a bathroom break. Uh, I kind of need to. <laughs> so Chicago signs Jabari Parker, who uh, notably, and, and and it is a it is a factor, has had some health problems, but when he's on the floor has been effective for Milwaukee. Um, All ten games. Yeah. A bull with health problems. <laughs> hey, you should be... <laughs> I thought I would have two people's. I thought two people would have my back here. This is a Duke player that we're talking about. Absolutely a Duke player. So a Duke player that can't stay on the floor because he's been injured. His rookie year was two thousand and uh, let's see, fourteen and fifteen, and I guess game started. Okay, so last year he missed all of last year with an injury. ACL, so you basically right? have to throw that out. But he he only played three games. I think it was ACL. Yeah, it was ACL. 2015-16, that was his second year in the league. Uh, he started in 72 games, uh, and they played. he played oh, wow. in 76, so that they must have made the playoffs. I'm um, looking for points per game, 14 points a game. So this is his sophomore season. Yeah. Uh, 14 points. It's a good year. That's solid. Uh, just under two assists, about a steal. I can't find rebounds on here. Oh, uh, offensive, they've got him, um, total rebounds would be 5.2. And he plays primarily the small forward, not the positions matter anymore. Following year, 51 games, so again, battling injuries, uh, missing almost half the season. Yep. He did average 20 points per game that year. That was his third year? Third yes. year, he averaged 20 uh, points per game. Uh, 
blocks stayed the same, steals stayed the same, assists went up to three, about three, and total rebounds went up to 6.2. So it's not a big sample size, but from what I've seen, he improved each year. He's just got injury problems. Um, here's the thing. Chicago is – I like the way that Chicago is going about their free agency. Now, Houston has got a big team there, and I like what they're doing as well. But I think Chicago knows that there's no point in worrying about teams like the Warriors – the Rockets and the Lakers, they're they're not close to where they're at right now. So they have completely started over yeah. from the bottom with really young players. Their starting lineup is going to look right now like Chris Dunn, who will be entering his third year. Zach Levine, who will be entering his fourth year, I think. I'm sorry to interject, but it's hard to believe that Chris Dunn's already in his third year. I yeah. mean, that's, that's yeah. insane. We're getting old. We're <laughs> yeah. old. We're old men. Um, Jabari Parker, I would assume, would be at the three. Uh, at the four is Lori Markkinen going into his second year. And then it's either going to be Robin Lopez or Wendell Carter. I would think Wendell Carter might start at the center position. I would think. Yeah, oh, I right. think that would be he's, smart. he's listed as a forward, but He'll I, mean, start. I, I think he would start. So all those guys are under the age of 25 years old. Yeah. So this team is really young. They're obviously going to – I think they're going to make a big push in free agency next year since this year's free agency is already basically uh, wrapped up and done with. And these guys are on two- and three-year contracts, so if they like them, except for Levine, who they just recently signed to a four-year deal, these guys continue to develop. You get some free agents in there, then they can start to pull up. I think their goal right now is just to find some kind of building foundation. Jabari Parker's from the Chicago area. I think this can work. It's a risk, obviously, with the injury, but if he can play well, they need wing players. You can never have enough good wings. I have no problem with the signing at all. I don't have a problem with it, and at the same time, I'm with you. You made really good points. I just don't think it matters in the grand scheme of things. I, I mean, the I think the Bulls have gotten better in this move, um, but let's be honest. What are we What are we talking about? We're talking about championships, and. I don't think they're well, gonna, like I said. They're not right. They're not ready to win right now. And this I team is three that. or four years away. It should be probably away. next year in the in the free agency. I get that, but I just don't think you got to have something to start with. Yeah, I, guess I, I, I know what you mean, and and I think you as a Chicago Bulls fan should be extremely excited about the moves that they've made. Me, I'm apathetic because I just I just don't care. Honestly, that's how I was honestly, I, was really, I don't I don't blame you because it would be like any other team signing oh, yeah. a decent player. He's yeah, exactly. And that's that's the epitome of what I think Jabari Parker is right now. He's decent. He's a decent player. He's going to help the Bulls. I totally agree with that. For 55 games, he will help the Bulls. Mm. And the other mm. what? 27, he probably ain't be injured. I, the the thing about Jabari is he's shown that that ACL is pretty weak, and was it the we've same seen one? what happens on the uh, what happens on the Bulls floor with with weak ACLs. Yeah, yes. I, I can't deny that. I might, might want to hire some All right, two Duke fans, please, please pick this up. I need some. Uh, I need some happy thoughts here. Uh the talent, the talent's definitely there. He's he's always been a. He, he's always reminded me of Paul Pierce with his game um, style. Yeah, like he's he, he's quicker than he looks. He looks slow. He's a good player in transition. I've seen yeah, him, yeah, he's I've seen him play looks. with the Bucks. He's not. And he's um, he can get his get to his spot, make shots. 
I've always been confused by his injury history myself because he looks like a solid. He's build. not a. Yeah, he's got big legs. He's not a Durant. He's not. He's, he's not a Rose. He's not Derrick Rose slashing to the basket no. and jumping around. Uh-uh. That's why I've always been concerned with his ACLs. I don't know why how he keeps tearing them, but I, I think he could definitely work out for the Bulls if you can get healthy. It's you, a two-year you, deal. Well, you I saw mean, he's averaged twenty points. Yeah, if he averages twenty points for the Bulls. That's going to be big. That's another, because, what, eight to ten games? Yeah. What did they have? One player probably last year that averaged 20? Lori Lori averaged 20? Or did he even get I'm one? not sure. If he, he probably 20. not. He's probably around at 17, so 18. They, the Bulls probably didn't even have a player last year, too. No, probably not. So if they can get somebody for – what did, did you say the numbers? No, it was two years. He averaged 20 points a game. No, no, I'm saying the numbers on the contract. No, it was two years. Oh, yeah, two. I mean, at that point, I don't... The, it's probably the cheap. It's money enough. amount. I mean, you could pay him a lot of money. Would, to me, it's not the money that makes the difference. It's how many years are you... No, I was just trying to say, you get if you can get somebody for pretty much nothing, which is probably what they gave him, that could average 20 points, that's a steal. I think it's a pretty healthy contract. I feel like, yeah. I feel like he got paid pretty well. Yeah. I don't, really? Levine, Levine actually well. got... Less than I thought he was going to get. So I was just surprised he would get any kind of money for coming off an ACL. Mm-hmm. Well, from what I heard, that that was the only offer sheet yeah. present available. Yeah, I think he can definitely help the Bulls. The Bulls really. I'm I'm, I'm more excited about Wendell than I am Jabbar. And look, even if all these players works out, like even if Levine works out to be good, Markin, they make the Jabari finals. Parker. They're just, they are way too young and inexperienced yeah, to be make like an any noise. I think they'll be a fun team to watch. Yeah, it should I be would love a fun team. To, at this be. point, I would love a fun eight seed team to watch just to go out and win. Well, you know, get back to that they 500. Gotta, they got to be better point. to play with on 2K. Because Jabari honest. Parker is oh, yeah. a heck of a 2K player. Yes, he is. I can tell you that. I'll be honest. Yeah, Jared might actually become relevant yeah. in the 2K world. Because right. let's be honest. You know what? I've actually picked up my 2K playing days. I know why. I've done some roster yeah, changes. Yeah, I've, I've seen you do the roster changes. I've seen you. Yeah, right. We know how those roster changes I'll be honest are. with you. I'm, as soon as LeBron retires and the Warriors franchise breaks apart. Dismantles. Dismantles. <laughs> I'll be looking for a new team to follow. Now, please, I, come I am on out, over. I am out there. I am on the table. My my cards will be on the and table. Then, and that's about to... the time period where this team, if they can build a they base, should be excited. could be a good team. That's what worries me, however, because then I be, I could be considered a front runner. And no, absolutely not. Uh, I'm just saying. Right, so I, have said, I have said I have said Washington right. has a pretty good chance since that's the only. Washington-based team that I don't follow. I'm, I'm, there's I'm, a green Jordan Mercer, right there for you, there's, there's a green team in the East. You can Come on! <laughs> Let's hear some good news. Okay, so he got two years, $40 million, which is actually a lot of money. That's But it's not yeah, a lot. It's but, not the years of investment. You got a year? But exactly. Ooh, I'm wrong. okay with it because, A, the Bulls are not, not, anybody not else. paying anybody else. I'm, yeah, I'm not worried yeah, about it. I was just surprised. And, B, it's only two years, so it doesn't. It doesn't. And heck, the second year might even be an option, else. a team yeah. option. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think it's a great sounding. As you said, they need a core. They need something to build on. Mm-hmm. And he's a young player that fits right in with that mold. I mean, Laurie's young. Wendell's a rookie. Levine's young. Jabari's only going to be entering his age 23 season. A young head coach, so they're not going to be under a lot of stress, it seems. With yeah. Hoiberg. Absolutely. He, he doesn't seem like he endures too, too like much this. stress. But, yeah, as you said, he had... In 2016-2017, he averaged 20 points a game, and that's with Giannis by his side. So if he can do that with Giannis commanding the ball for that amount of time, I think he can he can get above that even with the Bulls. Being ball dominant. dominant yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Levine's the only one. 
Levine and Laurie are the only other ones that are going to take a lot of shots. And what I'm seeing here by digging through these numbers, his field goal percentage has hovered around 49 to 50% each year he's been in the league. I know it's been limited games, but even the 2015-16 season, he played 76 games, and he still shot 49%. So he's had a steady field goal percentage. His three-point percentage has improved every year which is big into today's NBA. Mm-hmm. He's a solid rebounder. May not be the best defender, but I think this is exactly what the Bulls need, a good, solid scoring wing, and it fits fits along with their young core. I can't if believe I'm forced, one offer. Yeah, if I'm forced to take the other side on this, that would be my concern. Chicago already is a weak defensive team. This will definitely hinder that. He's not a, not a very good defensive player. They don't have very many good defensive lockdown players. Most of those have been shipped out after Thibodeau left. So that could definitely uh, that that's going to take a lot of work, you know, especially with these. You got two new players that might be in the starting lineup, and Wendell actually is seen as a pretty good. Defensive yeah, I think player. he helps defensively. Yeah, um, but you know, with Markinen, Don, and Levine, none of which are seen as defensive players. That that might be Fred Hoiberg's biggest task is trying to find a defensive scheme that works for them in the East. But I'm I'm glad to see at least. That you guys see that this could be a move in the right direction. Well, and I agree with Ty. It's going to be a fun team to watch. They're mm-hmm. going to be up and down the floor, a lot of points both ways. Yep. So, interesting year for the Bulls. Real quickly, we'll finish up here and uh, kind of give our last thoughts on the NBA Summer League. This is one of the best years I can remember for the big name talent yep. uh, in the Summer League. I, I, I got to be honest, uh, the top four picks have all impressed me. DeAndre Ayton has been great for the Suns. Really well. Marvin Bagley has played well for uh, the Kings. Yep. The Jaron Jackson has been impressive with uh, the Grizzlies. Yep. Colin Sexton's, Colin been, Sexton's awesome. been awesome. Even Trey Young has started to He's learn about his game. He's, He's starting to not shoot as much. I really liked his comment today. Um, he was talking to reporters about a lot of these comparisons to Steph. He said, you know, he likes Steph, but he likes to mesh his game more with Steve Nash. He said his favorite player to watch was Nash. So yeah. he likes to combine a little bit of Steph with Steve Nash. And I, that was almost like a mature comment because Nash is known as much for his passing as he is anything. Well, and he's really started to show that, okay, I'm starting to learn now. I have NBA Talent, talented players, players around right. me, and this is just summer league. Mm-hmm. This is just these rookies and these these guys that are That's trying to earn a, a big maturity spot. step. It is early, early. And, and I think that Trey Young, if he continues to just trust in what he's got, yep. which let's be honest, he's in Atlanta. <laughs> he's a lot. Much. He doesn't have much. Too much. But he's going to still have to learn to trust his teammates. I, I really think he can become a, a, a pretty solid point guard. I don't think he's ever going to be. You know, Steph Curry, but I think he could be a solid point guard. The thing for me is how impressive, as you mentioned, Jaron Jackson has been. And last night, Linda Cohn even compared him to uh, Kevin Durant, which I think that's a little far. I think that's a little much. Oh, uh, yeah. But uh, Jaron Jackson has been impressive for the Grizzlies. He's been <clears throat> my most impressive uh, player in the, in the draft so far, in the summer league so far. I think the big shock for me was um, Kevin Knox. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Man, he's, he's been lighting he, up New York. He, is, yeah. he was heavily, heavily recruited out of high school, and then he kind of disappeared on the college scene and but, heavily booed on draft night. Yes, <laughs> yes. But well, so next step. But uh, I tell you what, New York just ought to start booing all everybody. The, <laughs> the Jets do it. Yeah. It doesn't work for them. No, no, no. <laughs> you got Knox, who 
He with Kentucky. He, he, this year. The talent was Good there. Topic but to he talk about. Definitely. It looks like he's. I don't know if Calipari. You could say Calipari held him back, but it looks like he's out of, off his leash. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin has been impressive. You're gonna know my most impressive bet from summer league. I think Wendell Carter's played really well. Um, I didn't know a whole lot of what to expect for a couple of reasons. Obviously, I didn't watch Duke very closely in the season because how I, I don't you're like a UVA Duke. fan. You I gotta know what we're competing against. Joe said he's the most underrated player in the draft. I don't. I don't watch Duke because usually they're winning, and that, <laughs> I don't enjoy worries. that. Yeah. But when I did see Duke play. Uh, I saw some flashes of Wendell, but their offense was run by Marvin one Bagley. of the better guards in the country with Grayson, and then Marvin Bagley, which yeah. one of the whole player, one of the best players in the entire country. And so, to see what he's capable of, not only offensively but defensively, for exciting, it's exciting for me because my team is a lottery team. This is a lottery player. Wendell Carter's shown up, and that's what I've liked. That's what I've liked most Let's so far in the love uh, defense, anyway. I love defense. I was I was amazed by watching him. He, he can work well with Lori. I think that's yeah, going to be a good pair. He took the ball out of that guy's hand, though. Yeah, I think those two could work really well together, Carter and Lori. That's that's my take from Summer League right now. Is good play from Wendell. All right, Elliot? All right, my most impressive has been Colin Sexton. I actually I expected him to be good, but not quite this good. He's He's been putting up 20 points every game. Yeah. I think tonight he had 27, and he's been clutch. And he's, he's been shooting efficiently, too. Yeah, and he's been clutch. Like, tonight, I know he made a go-ahead three, and that that speaks volumes to me this early in the NBA season. I mean, I know it's summer league, but it's right. still NBA competition. And for him to already seem to be comfortable in that arena, it's that's important to me. But going back to Trey Young, as we said, he's starting to find his game a little bit. He, I'm pretty sure he led the country in assists at Oklahoma, even with that very limited talent he had. So he's shown he's capable as a passer and being a more well-rounded player when he has better talent around him, and I, I think that'll show through. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to end up striking a different kind of tone in this uh, in this show. I'm, I, I gotta be a little more apologetic, and uh, I, I've, these players that I've been ranting on here recently have proven me wrong. And, um, <laughs> I might do a little dos minutos and not so much a rant this time, okay. uh, but uh, Trey Young has proved me wrong as well. I, I think uh, he's learned to start to trust his teammates a little more because, at, let's be honest, at Oklahoma, he, there was nobody to trust. I, you know, I think he was. I'm gonna hold out. It. I'm gonna hold out on Trey Young. You're holding out. I, I just think he's he's at his game has showed an improvement on how smart he's starting to play. He's not taking the stupid Steph Curry like shots. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you. I mean, it's. The smart thing is to hold out on everybody. Yeah. None of these guys have taken an actual minute. Of oh, yeah. 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 We don't yeah. know. We don't but from what yet, we see but. so far, I think it's pretty safe to say that it's it's looking to be a good draft. Yeah. They're showing up when they need to. It, right it'll now. look like it's a, a good bit of fun. I think, didn't LeBron even say that this is the best draft class since 2003? Yeah. And that's high praise. LeBron usually doesn't, when he says stuff like that, he doesn't, it's not just hot air. Like, right. he actually knows basketball really well. He yeah. watches oh, it yeah. very hard. And I, I think that's. That should those players right. should take that, you know, to heart and say this coming from him. We you know we have a chance to do something special here. I was you know Magic said that he knew that LeBron knew the Lakers roster better than he did. When they yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's how much he studies <laughs> basketball. Yeah, Kuz does this and that, yeah. and that should do well. So, um, with that being said, we will take a break. We'll be right back for the seventh inning stretch. Uh, in the seventh inning stretch, we'll talk about. The Open Championship, me and Elliot and uh, Rob and 
Well, if Jarrett wants to talk about it, he can talk about it. Uh, well, Jarrett got a little golf more, in this he week. Does, got, he did. I, I, got, I did get some golf in this week. I played really well on uh, 18 holes. But nice. What? No. <laughs> right. What'd you shoot, a 38? I shot a 38. Uh, Amy beat, beat me by one stroke. Nice. Yeah. Yep. That a boy. Had three hole in ones. Maybe he should be my uh, member guest partner. Putt putt yeah, he beat me by one yeah, stroke. some work in there. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get that. We'll yeah, get 18 that holes. Open championship is this week. Wimbledon is uh, is going on right now. I think it actually just finished. And the World Cup. So, we'll talk about that when we get back. And we're back here in the seventh inning stretch segment of our show. And, you know, they always call me the hockey guy. Well, we're going to turn it over here to Robbie. And he is our tennis guy. Rob is a big uh, – wow, I almost called him a Rafael Nadal, Rafael Ooh, Nadal fan. He should be. <laughs> he should be because the Spaniard. We're going to have him in the show there. No, yeah, uh, no, Federer. He's a big Federer fan. He's a big tennis fan in general. And uh, so, Robbie – uh, I know that uh, Novak Djokovic ended up taking the title over, uh, what's his first name? Anderson. Uh, Kevin. Kevin Anderson. And uh, uh, Anderson was the guy that actually had the, what, eight-hour match between him and uh, John Isner? So Yeah. Um, Anderson was a good story. He beat my favorite player in a five-set match. <laughs> And Federer has only lost three times after he takes the first two sets. So that was a bit of a shocker. So I don't know what happened there. Maybe he must be injured. Um, You had Nadal. He lost to Djokovic. And Nadal's good. Obviously, he's got 17 championships. But he's really good on clay, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to get to. He, grass is his, not his forte. He's better on hard surface and clay where he can be faster. Mm-hmm. And the clay really comes into his um, – clay really works well for him because he's a, he's a great slider. Yeah. And in clay tennis, you have to slide into your shots. Now, it really messes with a lot of people. Uh, Juan Del Portro, he showed up. He He's a good story because he's had like – it's like four or five wrist surgeries. Wow. And he he's, he's one of my favorites. And he's came back from a lot of adversity. Um you had uh, the women. Serena lost in the final. Uh, Tiger was in the box for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She but, lost in the final. Yeah, to uh, the German girl, Kerber. Yeah, something like that. Now this is the this is the like whiteout tournament, right? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a yeah. white. Yeah. That'd be awesome to go to. I think. Wonder how oh, much tickets yeah, are. yeah. That's definitely a bucket list item. Yeah, Wimbledon. And talk about dress code. That was one of the big stories. Is Federer came out first match, and he dropped his Nike stuff. So he's no longer a Nike guy. He had been a free agent, but still wearing Nike. But now he's, oh, wearing, he's not Nike anymore. No, he's wearing a Japanese company. It's H I Q something. Wow, that's yeah, a shocker. Yeah, he, he dropped, dropped Nike, or Nike dropped them? He dropped Nike. I was about to say, well, no reason for Nike to drop better. Yeah, yeah. He didn't win in that H R Q stuff. Uh, he's won plenty in the Nike. That's true. Maybe he needs to go back. But I think he got three hundred million from this new company. Okay, yeah, <laughs> money talks a little bit. Yeah, where are the HIQ? But Federer will be back next year. Um, the U.S. Open is the next one, so that'll be fun to watch. That's uh, that's uh, hard court, right? Yeah, and 
pro- Djokovic will probably be the favorite because he's playing really well right now, and he had this is his first major I think in two years that he'd won. So he, if he comes back, we well, had issues with his tennis elbow, right? Or yeah, something. he's had a little bit of. Elbow he's kind of beat up all over. He's got some age to him too, right, Rob? Yeah, he's getting Djokovic. older. I think he's got fourteen titles. Okay. Nadal's got seventeen, and the goat's got twenty. Sampras is in there somewhere. Who's the goat? Is that uh, uh, Roger? Yeah, that, that is that Roger Roddick. Roger, that, that was really good. It was a really good tennis segment. I actually enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Great job, Rob. You're welcome. Actually, You're uh, welcome. that's a little shout out to one of my professors at George Mason, Mr. D. He was he was always telling us to to watch our tennis. You know, yeah. if we ever had class. Oh, it's great to watch. I, mean, I can watch some tennis. Big I got tired of watching a little bit of last year's Wimbledon when the goat did win when we were at Daddy's house. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah. I forgot yeah. that this was actually the tournament that I did watch because, mm-hmm. I mean, we were on the trip, so it was... I always try to watch it was, uh, During our high school, the teaching... Uh, you actually got up early to... I'm sorry. To, no, 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 go ahead. You got up early to watch Federer yep. win, win Wimbledon. I will year. watch Federer in Wimbledon. I will actually get out of my bed <laughs> to do that. During my uh, teaching the secondary uh, level kids, so my classes to mm-hmm. kind of guide us through how to teach... Uh, physical education for high school is we did a whole tennis unit and we he took us out to the Mason. You know those like courts on yeah, they're uh, nice. University just, Boulevard. Just put in. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're on the right near the parking West lot. Camp, West Campus. West yep. Campus Park. So we went out there for uh it was a once a week class. We went out there for two weeks, uh those two days and just we did classes out there on the on the courts to kinda of like guide us how we would teach it. And he was telling us, you know, it actually helps to sit your class down, go through, and look at highlights of the Wimbledon and see how they play. Mm-hmm. Just even simple stuff like serving, how it just comes natural to them. And I, I, I think they that make pretty it cool. look really, really, really easy. easy and it's really it's not. And it's actually frustrating yeah, it's really to watch them because it's so easy. It's, yeah. a, it's a giant version of ping pong, really. But yeah. it's really hard to get mm-hmm. down. And I, you have to be a freak athlete just to move across the court. Yeah, the court's a lot bigger than oh it looks like on television. Yeah, too. yeah, it is. Yeah, like when you watch them hit from corner to corner, and you're like, "Well, I could have got that ball. That ball's moving 100 <laughs> yeah. miles an hour." And it's 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 pure judgment too, because not only do you have to get to the spot, you have to determine it's where all, that spot is before like you a, even start it's going. It's like a it. soccer goal where you got to guess where they're going to hit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So then, after tennis, we will move on to uh, another worldly event. I'll say and. Uh, we'll move on to the World Cup. Oh, yeah, that's right. Inside. We got a winner now. Yeah, we do have a winner, and the winner was France over Croatia. Croatia upset England. Uh, pretty sure England had a big lead on uh, Croatia, like maybe a, a goal or two lead early on. Final was four to two. Yeah, yeah Croatia and, uh, scored what the ninety third minute. Yeah, Croatia came back and made a huge run, and you know we talked about that last week. Four million people was that it? I'm pretty sure it's four million people in the entire nation of Croatia. Oh, was that we were looking at Croatia's? They're Population. the one that beat. Uh, they're the one that beat Mexi- England. Well, yeah, and Mexico. They, they had a lot of big victories, right? And they ended up um, making it all the way to the championship game. But let's be honest. The uh, I saw the young that France has a very young core. Yes. And they were very exciting. Yes, and they were uh, they were impressive who's in the, the victory player? over Croatia. Who's the big player for them? I'm trying to look France. it up right now. Well, whatever his name is, they say he's going to be. The thing once Ronaldo and Messi get out of the way. Oh, uh, another thing, Ronaldo has moved on from Real yeah, Madrid Italy and does. is now in Italy, um, and he is playing for Juventus. So that's uh, that's going to be quite the change. And uh, look out for the next edition of FIFA. He'll be on uh, Juventus, and that's weird. So that'll be it'll be a weird little switch up there. 
he's been in Real Madrid for for quite a while. So. But did anybody look? I read somewhere. I think Croatia had like a point two chance to win the World Cup coming into it. So it's that's not a good uh, story. In, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it was the same way I was last year. Is the guy's name Paul Pogba? Paul Pogba for France? I mean, yeah. Pogba's one of the best players. Or, and in the there's world. this guy, I'm not going to butcher his name. His last name is spelled M B A P P E. I think it's him. Yeah, Kylon or Kylian. So this is where we need a soccer expert in here to come and pronounce it. Paul Pogba, though, I've seen his name. Yeah, Paul Pogba is one of the best players in the nation. Okay. But. Definitely a huge accomplishment, though. For these guys, like a tournament that's only held once every four years, I can only imagine the excitement that they that they were able to have. Well, yeah, you get to play with your country in a lot of, uh, you know, it's kind of like the Olympics, and then you, you get the Olympics every yes, four yeah. years, then it's the World Cup every four years. So it's like two years, years in between every, yeah, every one of those little... 19. Well, this kid's 19. And he's already got a World Cup under his belt. He's yeah. the one they're talking about overtaking Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah. Which one is it? Mbappé. 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 Yeah. They're probably laughing at us listening to this like these... Freaking ignorant buttholes. Yeah, could, you ima- could you imagine only a Super Bowl happening every four years? No, oh, man. If they're, if they're listening awful. to us in France, not in the no, no, doing I'm, a lot better yeah. than I thought we were. Yeah. No, I'm saying like Nick Clark and Jake McKay and yeah. all that. But uh, So exciting stuff with the World Cup. Um, another worldly event again, and uh, it'll be the uh, British Open. They say, Some call it the British Open. Others just call it the Open Championship. Uh, and it will be at Carnoustie, sometimes nicknamed Carnasty. Uh, it can get pretty nasty. It's got uh, it a nasty lot of last time I was there. yeah, a lot of signature things. Um, if you've ever heard of John Vandeveld and his collapse on the last hole, uh, not uh, not not an easy course. They'll be over there in Carnoustie uh, this weekend, Thursday through Sunday. So, Elliot, Robbie, who you got? I'm not sure. I know. I haven't made of, my picks yet. Yeah, I know. Um, it's going to be tough. Really? Hank, if, if it helps you, Hank Haney said that the big cat, Tiger Woods, is going to win this. It, it takes a different kind of golfer at it this does. course than the rest of them. Because it's a whole different style of golf. You can run it up there from 100 yards away. Yep. But I'm thinking about taking a, uh, this a guy. that? This one is in Scotland, yes, correct? Carnoustie. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, Carnoustie oh, is the, the name of the course. It like I said, it's Carnasty sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I definitely know um, about this one. Then. The the thing that for me, I think I'm going to take a guy that's going to set me apart from the the group that we have. I think I'm going to go with Zach Johnson. I don't think a lot of people are expecting Zach Johnson. I think he's a solid player. I don't think you have to be long at a uh, at you know a, a European course, and uh, I just think he's got the control. I think he can putt. Um, I just you know, I, I think Zach Johnson is a solid pick. He always seems to do pretty well in, in British Opens, Open Championships, whatever you want to call them. Always. Um, so, so I think I'm going to go with Zach Johnson this week uh, to set me kind of apart from from others. That, and I'm going to go with some English players, too. I, I think I have to go Tommy Fleetwood, even though a lot of people are going to go that way. Um, Justin Rose is going to be a great pick. I've already used him. Uh I, and I'm also going with some Aussies. I think I'm going with Adam Scott this week. Okay. There's okay. a computer model that picked the last two Masters right and I think last year's U.S. Open right, who has picked 
for this open is Sergio Garcia. That's weird. I don't see that. I could pick Sergio because I haven't used him yet, but I just... Oh. I think I might go He hasn't Dustin. been playing well this year. I don't trust him. I don't trust Dustin, but I haven't used him yet. Oh, you're talking about Dustin? I trust yeah, Dustin. Yeah. I don't trust him to... I don't know, on this kind of course. Yeah. Speaking of this kind of course, I'm interested to see how it plays this week because apparently it's really dried out and hard and firm and You know fast. what they're calling for for wind-wise? Wind-wise, it's supposed to be pretty mild for over there. Last time we watched it, it was crazy. Mild for over there is 10 to 20 yeah. usually. So, But apparently Brant Snedeker, who's one of the shortest hitters on tour on the 18th hole, hit a 430-yard drive. I saw that. Run. I saw that. So the fairways are playing like a highway. Yeah. And I'm interested to see if <laughs> I'm interested to see if there's going to be a lot of irons off the tees, or if these guys are just going to whack driver and put it down there as far as they can. I say that's what you do because it, it's going to play completely different whichever way they decide. Because the bombers are going to win out if there's a lot of drivers, but if there's a lot of irons off the tee, it plays into everybody's. Favorite. I think that plays well into Zach Johnson's hands too. If there's yeah, a lot of irons, then he's he's long enough to where these guys normally. He are. might be the shortest hitter on. On tour. He, I he's think somebody like, he like a big old. I think somebody like Stinson could show up if it's Stin, a lot Stinson's a guy I like a lot. My guy this week though is Paul Casey. Last I've time already we, used last him. time we were here in '99, as you said, Vanderbilt had the defeated look from Ty. I've already <laughs> used him. Yeah, Vanderbilt I mean, played well in the. So Vanderbilt had that huge collapse, and it got, he actually made a hell of a putt on the 18th hole to save double bogey to get <laughs> into the playoff. He made about a 10 footer, but it, the playoff was Justin Leonard from the U.S. And Paul Laurie, who eventually won in the playoffs. So I'm sticking with the Paul theme this week. I'm going yeah. Paul Casey to win the Open Championship this week. That'll be interesting. I I, I just love uh, I love major championships in golf. I think there's honestly there's nothing better. I mean, uh, it, the British Open is always weird because it's always you know across across the uh, the big pond as they like to say, and it, it always starts at a weird time. You know, it's. Uh, they're basically on opposite times as we are. As you guys yes. said something about like, what, it's going to start at one thirty in the morning, and on yeah. So on we, we've got plans to, we'll to watch, it. watch it. Yeah, yeah. we'll watch Jared it here Rangers. at the house. And, what? Um, <laughs> yeah, Jared will be here watching yeah, be watching here. you at the uh, British Open and learning some golf. That's right. Oh, and of course, I can't go through a golf segment without mentioning one Eldrick Tiger Woods. As Ty mentioned, Hank Haney, his former coach, picked him to win this week. And if you think about it for a minute, just just stay with me. His reasoning was Tiger is the only one with the experience in these conditions, with it being as firm and as hard and as fast as it as it is. He thinks that he has the experience to prevail this week. So, yeah. what about Philip? Yeah, Phil's played just as long, and in yeah. every tournament the yeah. Tiger has played in. I and I'm telling you, Jack Zach Johnson is older. So you saying something he's about old. he's yeah, and you saying something about his, uh, you know his his uh, experience, that makes me want Zach Johnson to be on my squad even more, and and I really don't think that a lot of people are going to take Zach Johnson. I could be wrong when the picks start piling, and I could be wrong that he, Zach Johnson might get used a bit, he, but he may get used by I'd say maybe two or three people. Well, I'm going to be one of those two or three people. I was going to say I found it on the on Netflix last week. For people that are interested in it, um, they've got the open. They've got a whole segment of interviews about the open. If they want, people, listeners want to learn about it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's history. Uh, hey, it'll be good for me because then I can come in next week with yeah. a better insight about it's got, the tournament. It's got it's like Tiger's got one. Yeah, I think Phil's got one. It's, it's a couple different ones. They're pretty good. 
Two other guys I like this week. I'll throw this out there. Alex Norin, uh, excellent ball striker. He's going to be in play. It just comes down to whether he makes putts. And Francesco Molinari, who's, I been, saw that. who's been very hot recently. He's He's got two wins, a second, and another second in the last five weeks, or five tournaments he's played. So yeah, Fleetwood's I, got the course record there. He does, but he, don't, he doesn't I think that's a factor this week because of how differently the, the course is playing. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, there you have it, folks. We talked about the, uh, the British Open. Let me, uh, before you guys get off... Uh, before we leave, what are we doing? before we look, hey, we're talking about golf. Show without it. Before we're we talking about, before we quit talking about golf, I would like to say that um, there was a celebrity golf tournament that was played. No, the American Century Championship <laughs> no. with Lake Tahoe. I would uh, like to go to that tournament though. That looks like yeah, a really it cool looks tournament. like it looks like a blast. Yeah. I just want to say that, and and this isn't mentioning a certain Mark team Mulder, because he's no longer Oklahoma, on the team. The Oakland A's pitcher finished second. Tony Romo rallies to win the Celebrity Golf Tournament is the CBS Lake Golf a great place. headline. Um, it's a special win, said Romo, who had finished second three times in several previous trips. It feels like you're playing a tournament back home here today. Well, good you know who he reasons. finished second to? He finished second to Mark Mulder. And Mark Mulder is the, uh, the left-handed pitcher from the Oakland A's. Um, he was a big part of that Moneyball team. Um, but Mark Mulder is a solid, solid golfer, and uh, he's won that tournament three years in a row. So this was this was a big deal. I, I actually watched. I sat down and watched with my mom and dad um, the ending of this tournament, and it was uh, it was kind of a collapse by Mulder and uh, uh, Joe Pavelski, the uh, the longtime forward for the San Jose Sharks in the NHL. Mm-hmm. He finished, I think, third and uh, gave it a good run. Um, so it's, it's always cool for me to see a hockey player being really good at golf. Yeah, and, I, and not just to bring this up just to talk about Romo, even though he did win it. Uh, there are some other notable players that, that were able to play. Rob John Smoltz played uh, in the in – Smoltz, he finished yes. up there. Yep. Uh, Curry tied for 11th. Let's see. Uh, Aaron Rodgers tied for 18th. Yep. Ray Romano tied for 71st. Did you see actually finished Larry the Cable guy played in the same. Tied for 77th. <laughs> yeah, he and wore Charles, a sleeveless shirt out there. Now, this thing said Charles Barkley finished alone and last with, nine, with oh, minus 93 minutes. Uh, yeah, he minus 93 minus 93. So, I think DeMarcus Ware finished minus 90. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. But he My, was terrible. Yeah, we've seen, Bar- <laughs> seen Barkley. But that, that tournament alone, you know, just to go out and hang out on a golf course and, and watch these guys – Aaron Rodgers, Charles well, Barkley, Larry Cable, there, God, Romo. Aaron it's got to be awesome. Throwing the football out to those yeah, guys on that's the that's got to be awesome. Oh, I, we went out to Lake Tahoe last year, and that's just an awesome, awesome yeah. And then, of course, you couldn't end it any better <clears throat> with the champion. Oh, God, please. You guys bringing up plus minuses. It, one thing I forgot about Carnesty this week. So, for a reference point, this, this week's tournament, the John Deere Classic, Michael Kim won at minus 27, which is just an incredible score. That's crazy, yeah. The last time the Open was played at Carnoustie in 99, the winning score was plus 7. Woo! So, going to be quite a contrast in size. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> That's like that? crazy, boy. <laughs> that is crazy. I was going to say something to and I totally forgot. Oh, did uh, anybody see TJ Oshie make a big putt with a beer-drinking cap on? That's swing a little, man. Again, right out of the book of Happy Gilmore. They, okay, a lot of the broadcasters were like, the, the true question about that putt was, was he drinking the beer as he made his putting <laughs> stroke? That's all they were asking. 
He also then uh, beer boarded himself by pulling his shirt up over top of his head and dumping beer into his mouth. Uh, for those of you that are wondering, that is uh, kind of uh, kind of uh, comparable to drowning. Uh, they, they use that as uh, uh, cruel punishment, but uh, Oshi did it to himself with beer and enjoyed every second of it. So that's the kind of uh, competition that Romo beat. Hey, when's a win? I mean, win is a win. Because <laughs> there were guys that were taking it seriously. I, yeah. I will say that. Okay. Congrats to Tony Romo. And, and here we go. All, we've gotten the Bulls. Oh, no, we've, gotten, we've gotten the uh, Cowboys in there. I mean, sheesh. I, there is one thing that we oh, haven't mentioned about the Cowboys, yet. Randy Gregory could... The decision to right, down him this. as this coming we're down this, this week. On this we're done with this. We'll be back for a quick two-minute... Stretch, two minute break, whatever you want to call it. Two minute, uh, what do we call drill. it? Two two minute minute drill. Two minute drill. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever, yeah. whatever you're going with it's, this week. It's going to be an apology. Oh. So stay tuned. Welcome back to 9 to 5 Sportswear. This week, I'll take a little bit nicer of a tone, and I want to send out an apology. Tim Tebow, I'm talking to you, sir. Last week, I was very critical of your uh, baseball skills. I said you didn't have a chance. I said that uh, you were a joke. Sir, I hope you accept my apology if you are listening to this show. And again, like Elliot said, if you're listening to this show, this show's doing a lot better than I thought. But you played in that double-A double All-Star game, and you hit a double you took the best that the double-A had to offer and you deposited it down the left field line for a double. I, maybe I'm wrong about you, Tim. Maybe, you know, with some repetitions, you could hit Major League Pitching. Maybe not. But the good thing is, and remember, I am saying the good thing is, we might find out, with the Mets being so horrible, your franchise... I think you might get a call up. The reason I say that is, yeah, it's going to earn them some money. But you, you, sir, you're also hitting 277 in double A. You have proven me wrong, and you have just gotten better at every level of baseball. So, sir, I apologize. The Where Ty Was Wrong segment starts here. And, Tim, you're a class act, sir. You've got a lot of guys in your corner, including your newest guy in your corner, Mr. Ty Comer. Thank you. That was good, Ty. I'm proud of you for that one. Yeah, so uh, anybody else got any other nice thoughts? Well, uh, as we've said before, can't be a 9 to 5 podcast without what, guys? Jordan Mercer Blast. This one's from me, Merce. I walk in the clubhouse today at the Caverns Country Club. We're talking about the home run derby tonight. Just just joking around. We were we were referring to Bryce Harper. And Jordan says, oh, don't give me that. He's been terrible. He's got to go. As you can see, Jordan Mercer, Fairweather fan at his finest once again. Tonight, as Bryce Harper puts on a show and wins the home run derby for his hometown nationals, Jordan Mercer instantly calls... Puts messages in Snapchat praising Bryce Harper, basically doing everything but sucking him off. This is this is Fairweather Mercer at his finest, and it 
It's got to stop, Jordan. we got to draw the line somewhere, and I'm going to be the one to do it. I've had enough. You, sir, are no longer able to speak on the Nationals or Bryce Harper. Thank you. Two, two. We've had, so we had a rant to follow up an apology. Rob, you just going to sit this, just let them kind of have their moment here? Yeah. God, well, I'll just give the Red Sox a little credit for having the best record for the most number of wins at the All-Star break ever. Sixty-eight. All right, I think that's it. Ty, you did a pretty good job today. Nice job leading that Thanks, one. Uh, I was trying to pull up a song here by Chris Brown to say that we really appreciate all of you uh, loyal listeners out there, and we know we've got quite a few. Um, we really appreciate you guys listening. We're trying to continue to grow our uh, grow our show a little bit, gain some listeners. Uh, so anybody that you can refer us to. And just do that, and uh, we we really appreciate all that you have done here for nine to five sports and the rest of the guys. I just want to say, come back next week when we'll be talking. Eh, I don't know. We'll find out. I guess it's going to be a slower week, but we'll find out. Join us back again on nine to five sports next week. Look for us on Sunday or Monday.